Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here, whether you're here in the room or whether you're joining us online. We like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have used for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. It is good to be back with you. I'm feeling much better than I was last week. You might catch me at some point uh, coughing a little bit. I've got a tickle, and, uh, but I, I think that's all it is. So, and I'm going to stay as far away as I can from the communion elements, just so you know. All right, so no worries there. Amen. Pray with me, will you? Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great and your name is full of power. Who would not fear you, O King of Nations? That title belongs to you alone. Among all the wise people of the earth and in all the kingdoms of the world, there is no one like you. Father, I thank you that you are that God, that no one is like you, no one is as powerful, no one is as good, no one is kind, no one is love, no one is mercy, no one is justice, no one is grace except for you. Lord, I thank you for just that fact that your very essence, Lord, the very thing that makes you who you are, puts you above all the other gods that we could try and place in our lives. All the other gods that we try to worship, Lord, there's none like you. Not in heaven and not on earth and not under the earth, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for that very thing. Lord, I thank you for gathering us here this morning. I thank you for each and every person that has joined us here in this building as well as online. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to each one, to bring a word of encouragement, maybe admonishment, Lord, but to bring your word to them today, to be able to, to just be in contact and be in touch, especially when it seems like that's becoming more and more difficult again. But Father, you are in it all, and you are above it all, and you are working through it all, and we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, some of us have come today with burdens. Some of us are concerned about loved ones. We thank you, we thank you that you are already doing a good work, and we lift those burdens to you those concerns that we carried. Lord, some of us came in this week with great victories and wonderful blessings. We thank you, Lord. We praise you for each and every one. We give you all the honor and the glory. Lord, we love you. We can never say it enough. We thank you, and we can never say it enough. And we pray all of these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. And now today, we're still going to just wave. We're back to just waving. Um, so wave hello as Pastor Rich comes up, and he's going to bring us some announcements. Oh, thank you, Pastor Judy. And thank you for, uh, for being willing last week to uh, step up and preach for me when I was under the weather. Um, uh, yeah, it is really good to be back with you. And it really caught me off guard. You guys were excited to see me on video last week. You must have been surprised or something. And I'm sitting there at home watching uh, in, my, in my dining room. And, uh, and, you know, there I pop up on the screen saying hi, doing announcements. And all of a sudden I hear people clapping. I'm like, what on earth is going on? Man, that was, that was a surprise. So anyway. Uh, okay. All right. You guys are weird, but okay. Uh, 
If, uh, if you'd like, obviously, uh, you're, if you're in the room, you can uh, grab one of those little cards back there and let us know you're with us and drop it in the offering box. Or all of us, including those of us joining us uh, that are here together online, can go to livinghope.info slash connect. That's a great way for you just to let us know you're with us, uh, let us know how we can pray for you or thank God with you. Um, any kind of feedback you want to give, that's a great way to do that. Uh, you can also go to livinghope.info slash give to give online, uh, or in the room you can drop something in the box, and that works too. Uh, but if you give online, that gives you an easy way when you get to that page to hit the little drop-down box and hit the Habitat button. Uh, I mentioned last week, uh, remotely by pre-recorded video, that we are partnering with Habitat for Humanity again, at Porter County Habitat, to build another house this, this year. And uh, we did that last year, and you guys gave, we had somebody in the church say, I'll match up to $6,000 of what people give, and you guys then gave another, like, 7500 I think. And so that all got matched again, and it ended up being, like, twenty seven grand given to build a house. Well, this year, those same folks have said, we'll, we'd love to match 6000 again, and we'll see what happens. So... If you want to give to Habitat for Humanity, you can just go to livinghope.info slash give and do that. You can go to the, the Habitat link, livinghope.info slash Habitat, and we've got, I just got them up there uh, yesterday, the day before maybe, uh, the links to sign up to help build the house. So we've got two dates so far, the September 24th is a Friday and October 16th is a Saturday. If you would like to actually go and sweat and swing a hammer and saw or whatever it is that you end up doing, right, they, they train you. You don't have to have your own tools. You just need to show up. And uh, they will, you know, Habitat is good at this, and I'm looking forward to participating. I've already signed up to be there on the 24th, and so if you want to be a part of this, then uh, go, sign up. And, uh, and we can have a couple more dates, too, as the time gets closer, as they close up the house, as there's more interior work to be done. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to be a part of it, there's limited numbers on each day. So go to livinghope.info slash Habitat and, and sign up now. And then this Saturday, we get to have the, the free bikes and bike tune-ups again out in the parking lot. Uh, the folks from the, uh, the Odd Fellows here in town, they love doing this. And so some, several of you have already said, oh, I've got a bike. I'm going to bring a bike. Uh, somebody actually said they've got like two or three bikes sitting in their basement. And they're like, I'm just going to donate them. So that's great because they can use the parts. They can, you know, take three bikes and put them together and make one good bike, you know, and, uh, and have that to give away to a child or to an adult, someone who needs that. They gave away nearly 30 bikes last time. And uh, they're looking forward to being out here again on Saturday. So if you have somebody that you know needs a bike, can't afford a bike, uh, bring them on out. And it uh, seems like a pretty simple way to serve the community, show, show folks a little bit of love. So anyway, so that'll be happening this Saturday. And there are other things happening during the week, obviously. Um, there are small groups that meet and Bible studies that happen, uh, including this Wednesday night. You can hop over here at 6 if you'd like. It's just kind of an open discussion. And then there's, uh, there's other groups too. If you're in the room, sorry, they're right here. If you're not, uh, my apologies. Let me know on that uh, digital connect card that you'd like information about the groups and we'll make sure we get that to you so you can show up when you want to connect. All right. Um, how many of you have ever bought anything on the internet? Can I, can I just see a quick show of hands? You've, you've purchased something on the internet. Yeah, okay. I think most of us have, especially this past year. That has all jumped like crazy. You know, we were all ordering things from home and having things delivered. Uh, people signed up for the Instacart and the DoorDash and all the different things so that, you know, you didn't have to leave your house. You could stay home and people could bring it to you. And I remember in the early days when they were like, you know, we didn't know what this thing was. And, uh, you know, we were like wiping down packages and everything we could trying to make sure we stayed away from these germs. Um, stayed away from this virus. Well, there's a, have you seen the thing online where people post two pictures, what I ordered and what I got? Have you seen that? 
Um, if you haven't, you can Google that later. You can look that up. I thought about sharing some of the pictures, but a whole lot of them have to do with clothing, and, uh, which I can understand. You know, you order something online. You don't really know what it's going to look like, and you see the picture of the, the fashion model, you know, and then here's what it looks like on me once I got it home. And there are a lot of those, and I thought maybe I shouldn't show those on the screen. But I, I can give an example from our own life because you remember in the beginning of this thing how um, for some reason everyone thought they needed more toilet paper than usual? And so toilet paper was flying off the shelves, and Stacy handles most of those kinds of purchases for our house, uh, and still, still today, I mean, food, anything that needs that, she's, she's good. And um, she found some toilet paper online. She's like, oh, great, I can have this delivered. And it showed up, and it was not quite what we expected. I mean, it, here's this great 12 rolls of toilet paper, right? And we thought, this is going to be great. And it's like, I don't know, like toy toilet paper? I'm not sure what it is. It's like... It's, it's like five sheets per roll, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but it's just rinky-dinky. And we got this, and we thought, we don't even want to try to use this. It's just it's going to last us an afternoon. So uh, if you need toilet paper, we have some extra right here, okay? Um, I'm not sure what to do with this. It's just been sitting around my house forever, and I thought, someday I'm going to show this. And, like, anyway... So this was our, now I don't have any, I'm going to throw this over here somewhere. I don't want people having to look at that all service. Okay, toilet paper. There we go. All right. But it's in the back of my head because I've been thinking about how often we find ourselves facing that disappointment or that frustration where we think we're going to get one thing and we get something else, right? And whether it's ordering something online or maybe you've... uh, uh, at some point in your dating life, you know, you use one of those dating apps and you saw the picture and you thought, oh, wow, I can't wait to meet this person. And they come across so well. And then you sat down across from them at a table at a coffee shop or something and you thought, that must be a really old picture or, you know, something like that. You know, it was, it was kind of one of those what I ordered, what I got moments for you, you know, or they just didn't come across in person the way they did uh, through the app or something. You know, I have no experience with that. Stacy and I will celebrate 25 years this December, way before all those kinds of things happened. So... Um, I'm just thinking of all those moments where people think they're getting one thing and they get something else. And I'm sure hoping that doesn't happen with the church. Uh, I was just listening to, well, I've been listening to um, this podcast on the rise and fall of of a mega church that happened, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And, and, you know, so much promise. And then, you know, leadership failures. And we hear about these things all the time. And, and, um, and people who are hurt, who are wounded by church. Some of you have had those experiences yourselves. You've been through painful church experiences where you've got this promise of, like, this is going to be a community of grace. This is going to be a place where people can, uh, can be open, can grow, and you found that just not to be the case. Uh, your experience was less than what was promised, less than what was hoped for. Um, Somebody, a uh, theologian I really respect, was just, I was, he was in my ears as I was walking the dogs a couple times this last week, talking about how we, we want to be so careful not to misrepresent Christ in the world. You know, that we can do that by our lives or by the way we tell the story of Jesus, that we can, we can sometimes, you know, people who are hungry and who need to, to meet this, this amazing Jesus who has conquered death and who is alive today and who is doing his, his amazing work of restoration in the world, and we have the opportunity to introduce people to him, and sometimes we just don't introduce him well. We don't represent him well. And I want to make sure that we, I don't know, that we don't frustrate people, you know, that like we, we, that they get a good picture of Jesus as they look at us, which is a scary thing, frankly. I mean, uh, the Bible describes us as like the body of Christ in several places. I, I grabbed a couple of them there for your notes and oh, my apologies to those of you online. I don't have these on the screen for you. Um, I will get them online uh, later, a link to it. But 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Like, each of us 
are a part of Christ's body here in the world. Christ is present in the world like through us somehow. We are a part of his body here in the world. And that's kind of terrifying to think that the way that I live life, or the way that we live life together, uh, represents Jesus to a watching world. You know, that's, um, it's a huge responsibility. Um, and hmm, at the same time, it's a huge opportunity you know, for God's grace to be displayed in us. Uh, now, the things I'm going to talk about today is, um, is just some of the ways that we can see this happen. Some of the, the ways that we are invited to do life together that help people to see the grace of Christ and the love of Christ displayed in our life together. Um, Pastor Judy did a great job last week talking about how it's about faith, not rules. You know, and so many of us, the way Christ was misrepresented to us was that we thought, oh, well, what Jesus wants is for us to follow all the rules. And, and so he kind of, um, you know, church was all about the rules, the things you don't do, the things you have to do. And if you violate those rules, you are out. You know, and Jesus is kind of this, you know, cosmic umpire. And you don't know how many strikes you get, but eventually you're going to be out if you don't follow the rules. And uh, she helped us to see last week that looking at Romans chapter 4, 5, and 6, no, this is about a relationship with God that's built on trust. You know, am I going to trust God or not? You know, God is inviting me into this amazing new life, and am I going to trust him and take that step of faith and say, okay, God, if you want me to live this new life, I'm going I'm to trust you. I'm going to follow you. you know, it's, it's not about a list of rules and how many of you kept and how many of you not. It's, a, it's an opportunity to find our lives transformed by his love so that as Jesus narrowed it down, when he was asked about the most important commandment, you know, he, he says, well, love God with all that you are, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So this is what God expects of us. All the law and the prophets are based on these commands. Everything, all those 600 plus commandments, you've been trying so hard to, to follow, plus all the other man-made rules, you stack on top of those. So really, it boils down to living in a relationship of trust with God that you describe as love. He loves you and you love him back and, and living openly with the people around you in a way that you could describe as love. That when people look, they see love on display. Uh, so again, to go to back to that uh, body of Christ image, Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says, We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. And so we're all in this together. We really are. Uh, this is not me and you just as individuals out there like, okay, I'm going to do my best to be an ambassador for Jesus out here. We do that, sure. But it's just something that we are in together. We're all many different parts of one body. That means we're all different. And if you read Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, that's where the Apostle Paul goes with that. You know, that we're all different. We all have been given different gifts, different abilities, different personalities. We all think a little differently, look a little differently. You know, we're not going to be the same. You know, Christianity is not about making us all into little cookie-cutter Christians who all dress the same and vote the same and all the rest. It's about transforming our hearts and lives so that we can love each other, even where we disagree, um, so that we can represent Christ well to the world, his grace and his love. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll wait. I'll, I'll come to this in just a second. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Um, we got a, a few verses here where the Apostle Paul, uh, he's writing from prison. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Now, God has called you into this life. Now let's live up to what he's called us to. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, 
one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There's, yes, the way it looks today is there's our little church over here and that little church over there and that little church over there, you know. But it's like we're all serving the same God, the same Father. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one spirit that animates us all. And yes, we are different. And that gives us opportunities to be humble, gentle, patient, bearing with each other, to keep that unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that this maintaining that unity of the spirit through the bond of peace doesn't mean that we sweep things under the rug, right? It means that we have the courage to talk to each other, to speak the truth in love, to, to sometimes have to have difficult conversations with each other, being gracious with others the way we want them to be gracious with us um, so that we don't sweep things under the rug, but we truly make peace. We truly find forgiveness and reconciliation take place. Verse 7, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And he spends a few verses talking about the different ways that that grace shows up in our lives. In verse 12, he says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we'll grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We have an opportunity to go from being a less than ideal representation of Jesus to grow into a better picture of Jesus. He says, look, we start out as infants. We start out just, just barely making it, right? But we have the opportunity as we all support each other, help each other, as we speak the truth in love to each other, as we are gracious with each other, we build each other up. And we, how did I say, we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that Christ really is revealed in our lives, revealed in your lives, in our life together. And that is a beautiful thing to see. I'm so grateful that I get to do this thing, that I get to be a pastor of a church. Um, you know, I know that uh, we've got all sorts of different uh, you know, careers and, and jobs and, and things represented in our church. I'm glad I get to be a pastor uh, because all day long, all week long, I, you guys basically pay me to get to see the body of Christ doing this amazing stuff, to see Christ represented well through you. I, I get to see, because so much of what happens, you know, the, the work of Christ as we continue the work of Christ, doesn't, it doesn't, as the body of Christ, doesn't happen here on a Sunday morning, right? I mean, we gather together like this, and I'm, I'm glad that we do. Um, it, uh, not, not because I get a chance to talk, but be because, because it, this is a chance for us to remember who we are and to be prepared for the week ahead, to, to re-engage with what Christ has called us to and the life that we get to live. We get to get renewed hope, renewed strength, so that as we leave this place, we can all go as the body of Christ and, and do his work. We get to represent Christ well, and I get to see that as pastor. I get to see you guys doing things that people who are joining us online today, I'm sorry, all you can see right now is like me standing up here. You know, you don't even get to see the folks gathered together. So much even on a Sunday of what happens isn't what happens up here. It's what happens out in your conversations with each other, the ways you encourage each other, support each other, pray for each other before the service, after the service. You catch up with each other. You hear how you're doing. You, you stop and pray for each other. You make plans during the week to connect or to, to encourage. To, you think, I've got to call them later this week to make, let them know that I'm thinking of them, see how I can help. So many of you have given your lives, you know, whether it's as your career or as a volunteer, to doing good in the world to letting the love and grace of Christ flow through you. Um, 
Some of you, you've given your, your careers to it. You work for like VNA or Housing Opportunities or one of the other nonprofits, one of these serving uh, roles, or you know, nurses and teachers and people who are serving all day long, all week long. Like your career is a, is a life of service given to others, which can be seen as continuing the work of Christ. Some of you, you're like living as missionaries in your workplace. You, know, you, you don't necessarily, your job itself is just a job for you, but you find yourself there like, you know, but I'm going to represent Christ well here. And so where I work, I'm going to make sure that I'm loving my coworkers, that I'm, you know, living with integrity, that I'm, um, that I'm being gracious and forgiving and kind and all those different ways that God's grace flows through our lives. Some of you have really invested yourselves as volunteers in, uh, in other sorts of uh, community efforts. I mean, just last night, I got to see some, several young people who are connected with our church and, and Scott Svelbar, who sometimes leads us here on Sunday morning. You know, the Blues Project was out doing a concert uh, to raise money for Respite House and to raise awareness for Respite House. Uh, and, you know, pouring their lives and their energies into this, you know, that was an act of service, an act of, of, of grace. And uh, Respite House itself, uh, some of you know Mitch Peters uh, sitting over, over there. And... Uh, Wearing a Respite House t-shirt, thankfully, today, so if you're not sure who he is, but, um, I mean, this is something that he started, and that they've just now been able to finally finish and build and, and complete Respite House 2, and um, got to be, this last week, out for, like, a, an open house for that, and celebrating all the, all the dozens and dozens and dozens of volunteers in the community who came together to help make that a reality, um, serving men who are uh, escaping from addictions and getting their lives back on track, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see the, the many different ways that you are continuing the work of Christ as the body of Christ out there in the world. I get to see this as pastor. Thank you so much. Um, I, we don't do a great job all the time of highlighting that and letting you see that in each other, um, which is one reason I wanted to pause for just a moment and just mention a couple of examples right there. You know, people don't get to see when you pause to pray with someone who's just lost, um, as happened this last week, lost their father. Uh, to COVID, um, or just hearing this morning, someone uh, who, um, one of their grandchildren now doesn't have a dad because he died at the mill. Um, when you comfort each other in your grief, when you come alongside and support and pray for each other, this is the body of Christ coming together, loving each other, supporting each other, building each other up, so that when people hear that there's this community of faith, that there's this thing called the church, that there's this community of people that are centering their lives around Jesus, that when they actually show up and see what that looks like, they see Jesus. They see grace. They see love being shared. This is us growing up. Um, I don't have hope for that toilet paper to get any bigger. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. But for each one of us, we, ha we have the opportunity to grow and to develop and to look more and more like Jesus every single day. So I just put in your notes several different examples throughout the scriptures of uh, some of these one another's or each other's, these different things that we are told uh, what we're supposed to do for each other as the body of Christ, like what this looks like. Um, I'm not going to read all the references off to the side, but um, uh, I'll read some. John 13, Jesus says we have to love each other. If you read the rest, that's him saying love each other as I have loved you. You know, love each other. We're told to be devoted to each other, to honor each other, to accept each other. To serve each other in love, to be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. We're told to submit to each other, and that—that that isn't just to be clear. That's not saying submit to the pastor. That's saying 
submit to each other, right? Uh, I'm reminded every Sunday when I walk in how glad I am that it's not a submit to the pastor kind of arrangement. Um, several of you, when you walk, have walked into our building for the first time, you, you look up and you're like, oh, this is kind of really cool. You know, there's like this, this lofted ceiling thing where you can see the beams are exposed and all of that. Um, several of you have mentioned to me like, oh, yeah, that's really nice. If it had been up to me as we were renovating this building a few years ago and moving in, that wouldn't be there because I didn't think that was going to look good. And some, one of the guys who was helping to oversee some of the renovations came to me with this idea and said, you know, we could open that up and we could do this. And, and I thought, well, I don't know if that's going to line up right. It's going to look kind of funny. And, and he said, let's just try it and see what it looks like. And we can always close it back up later. I was like, okay, that's fine. This isn't my, I'm not in charge here, you know. Uh, I don't get the final say on everything. And man, I'm glad I listened because it turned out so beautifully. So every Sunday, I'm reminded whenever I, and throughout the week, every day when I walk into this church building, I'm reminded how glad I am that we submit to each other, that, that this is not like a one-way kind of a thing. So continuing, we bear with each other and forgive one another. We encourage each other and build each other up. We spur each other on toward love and good deeds. Since I was a teenager hearing that for the first time, I thought, that sounds painful and that sounds cool. You know, I, I like this idea that we can, we can encourage each other and spur each other on. That there's, some of you are pretty competitive, right? Uh, any of you uh, competitive in the room? Can I just see a quick, come on, be honest. Oh, man, none of you, you're like, I don't care if I play a game. I don't care if I win or lose. It's no big deal. Really? Really? Some of you are pointing to each other. Okay, pointing to other people like, well, he's competitive. He's not going to admit it. All right. Really not going to raise your hand? Okay. My wife is a little competitive. All right. Uh, and I've got a little, there's, there are times where I'm able to turn that off and just enjoy whatever it is. And then there are other times where I've noticed, like even in silly things like, uh, well, I shouldn't say silly things, uh, serious things, fundraising, for example. Whenever I get a chance to, to do the 6K for water or to, I'm hoping this next year to run the marathon again with, with Team World Vision. Whenever I get a chance to do that, there's, there's fundraising, right? And there's a chance to raise money for clean water for kids in other places who need it. And... Uh, and they do little leaderboards and things. Like our church already for the 6K for next year is in like the top, I think we're in third place for all the different host sites that are doing it because several of you went ahead and signed up like right away to do the 6K this, this coming May. As soon as the new date was out and we put the link out there, you're like, yeah, I'll do it, you know, and you signed up. I'm like, yeah, we're like third in the world. This is great. How much would, how much would we need to be in first place? You know, I'm just this silly little competitiveness, but it's, it's a way to spur each other on to love, to good deeds, that's not a bad thing to be competitive in terms of like doing good for the world. That's, that's okay. We need to sympathize with each other, offer hospitality to each other, you know, open our lives, sometimes open our homes, make room in our lives for other people, for each other. This, and this is just a partial list as Many of them coming from, uh, all of them come from the New Testament, many of them coming from the letters written to these early churches as they were trying to understand, okay, what does this look like to love as Jesus has loved us? What does this look like for us to, to live as the body of Christ? To live in a way that when the watching world comes and to see what this whole Jesus thing is about, they see something authentic, they see something real, they see love displayed. Again, I'm glad I get to see this on display in so many of your lives. I'm glad that as a church, we, we do so many of these things well. Obviously, uh, we're all human. And so none of us do these things perfectly or consistently all the time. We all need to pray each and every week or daily, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, we continually turn to God for his grace, for his help. You know, when we find ourselves 
giving in to those more selfish impulses, when we find ourselves shrinking back from opportunities to show grace and love, of course, we confess it and we admit it and we say, God, help me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not representing you as well as I would like. <clears throat> so would you help me to do better? Would you help me to, to continue? Would you continue to fill me with your love and grace so that I can show this love and grace to others? Because there is a world that's watching and wants to know if this is real. Wants to know if it's true. Um, in 1 John chapter 4, uh, it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Man, that just blows me away. To think that as we love each other, as we, as we demonstrate that love in some of the ways that just were just described, as we are willing to have hard conversations with each other, as we're willing to admit when we're wrong, as we're willing to extend forgiveness, to accept forgiveness, as we're willing to reach out and help and accept help, as we're willing to, to celebrate each other, to mourn with each other, as we love one another, God lives in us. The life of God present here among us, and that is visible, that is noticeable. His love is made complete in us. People haven't seen God, but they see us. And when they see love on display in the Christian community, they see God. They see his love completed in you and in me. Uh, Again, from John chapter 13, Jesus said, Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for each other is what proves to the world that you are Jesus' disciples, that Jesus is the one that you're patterning your life after, that Jesus is the one that you're trusting and following. It's going to be the love that you display. Um, now, there are all kinds of other things that might display if you're someone else's disciple, right? Um, and many of us have looked to other folks as coaches, as mentors, as examples for our lives, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, in your career field, there's probably somebody that you look up to and you say, you know what? I want to, I want to kind of emulate that. They've done that well. They do this well. They, you know, this is how they lead people well. Or this is how they sell well. Or that, whatever it might be, that's how they teach well. And you think, I want, to, I want to learn from them. I want to be more like them. And so you emulate. You kind of apprentice yourself to someone maybe. Maybe you even get a chance to do that. Where you, but even if it's from a distance, you kind of model yourself after someone else. You become their, in some sense, disciple. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then as your life starts to look a little more like theirs, or your, your practice looks more like theirs, sometimes people who are familiar, they're like, oh, you've read that book, haven't you? Or, oh, you know so-and-so. Or, oh, I, I know what you've been watching or reading, because the way that you're talking, the way that you're living, is reflecting that other person's ideas or their example. You know, in, in sports, sometimes this shows up where I remember, uh, you know, there was one time I was looking out here, and I think it was Miles Felbar, and I'd, I'd known that he had been uh, at, the, at the Y, like, practicing over and over again, you know, certain moves. You know, you, you, you see somebody do something, uh, a basketball player that you admire, and you think, okay, how does he do that? And you try it, and you try it, and eventually you get, it, you get down, and you, you get to where you can do it well, right? And people can see that. It's like there's a resemblance there. Like, oh, you're playing like so-and-so. Oh, you learned that from, from this person. And Jesus says, it's our love that will prove to the world that we are his disciples. People will see the way we love each other and say, you've been listening to Jesus. Oh, I see. You, your life looks kind of like the life of Jesus that I read about here in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. As he went around and, and loved people, I see you going around and, and loving people. The body of Christ continuing the work of Christ here in the world. Now, again, um, 
I don't, I don't know how you're hearing this, all right? I know what I'm thinking. I don't know how you're hearing it. Some of you might be hearing this as like, oh my goodness, this is just this impossible standard that's being put on us. I, I got to look like Jesus? Yeah, that's not happening. You know, I'm not Jesus. Uh, this isn't, I'm just going to be, okay, maybe I should just not even tell people I'm a Christian because they're going to get this, you know, what I ordered, what I got thing going on in their head. And they're going to think, oh man, no, that, that person does not live up to that standard of Jesus. So I don't want to, we don't want to disappoint. We don't want to frustrate. But here, that's, this is the thing. All right. If that's how you're hearing this, please, uh, I did a terrible job of trying to describe it then. Because each and every one of us, we get the chance to be, as, as Paul was saying earlier in Ephesians, we get to be humble. We, we get to acknowledge our flaws, our failures. There's not a single one of us that walks into the, the Christian faith as like a fully formed, mature Christian. Right? We all start out stumbling, trying, you know, doing our best to follow Jesus as he guides us, as he empowers us by his Holy Spirit. And as God is patient with us, and as he changes our lives, as he sets us free from sins that have held on to us for a long time, as he helps us to become more loving and gracious people instead of whatever kind of people we were before, as he changes us, people see those changes. And if we're honest about it, then people get to see that on display. We get to be an example of the work that God can do in a, in a human life. And the Apostle Paul says this a couple of times. Uh, I've got one here from Ephesians chapter 2. It's a great passage. He says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. And when we put our trust in Christ, it's like we, we join with him. We die to our old life and we rise to, to a brand new life with him, the new creation, new life bursting forth in, in our lives. And then so verse 7 says, So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Says, he's not looking for people who are like, oh, yep, they never had any flaws. They're just perfect people. He's looking for examples of his grace. He's looking for people who are willing to say, yep, I blew it. I blew it big, but God forgave me. He's changing me. And by God's grace, I'm doing better today than I was yesterday. He can point to us as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God's got the good he wants to do in the world, the continued work of Christ in the world, and he is the one that's making it possible for us to participate in it. We're his masterpiece, his workmanship, his, his uh, work of art. And that's what God is doing in your life. As we all do our part, right? As we love each other, encourage each other, pray for each other, support each other, serve each other, forgive each other. As we do all these each other things, the body of Christ is built up. We look more and more like Jesus. God's masterpiece becomes more and more clear. And we look more and more like Jesus here in the world and are enabled to do what he has called us to do. Examples of his grace. I feel like it wasn't too long ago. I was trying to look back and see what Sunday was it that I mentioned this verse, and I can't remember. Um, couldn't find it. So on the off chance that it was a long time ago, 1 Timothy chapter 1, the 
Apostle Paul says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And he just like busts into praise. He's like, it's not because of me. It's just because God is good. It's his kindness. It's his patience. And I'm an example of it. We have the opportunity to live in the world representing Christ, but doing it in a way that, that acknowledges that we haven't arrived yet. You know, doing it in a way that that is open to others seeing our own growth and our own journey so that they can realize like, oh, okay, well, if, if God can do that with them, maybe God can do that with me. If God can set them free from that, maybe God can set me free from that. If God can help them to be more patient in spite of their struggle with patience, you know, they don't want to be patient, but they, you know. I guess um, there's this part of me that's trying to fight against that tendency that we all have um, especially with the advent of the internet and social media, for us to present this perfect picture of ourselves. You know, you, you, for the most part, you, you take the picture of the meal that looks great, not the one that didn't turn out, right? And that's what people post online. You take the picture of yourself when you're happy and enjoying life, not when, you know, the kids are screaming and you're, you're frustrated and you just, you know, messed up. Yeah, we don't take a picture in that moment and share that usually, right? And that has, that has led, I mean, studies have been done, that has led to, to people feeling all kinds of uh, inadequacy and, you know, comparing ourselves to others and we, we find ourselves depressed and thinking, well, they've got their life together and I don't and so I'm not worth as much as them or it sends people into all kinds of spirals that are negative and, and awful. And we have the opportunity as the church to not go down that road, to not, to not push those buttons in people, to instead be willing to say, yep, I've blown it, yep, I'm imperfect, and God is good, he is gracious, and he is helping me to grow so we can live as examples of his love and his grace at work in our lives. I just want to close with this. Uh, this is the message paraphrase of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in his Sermon on the Mount. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. We have the chance to let the, the full-grown body of Christ, the mature, loving, gracious Jesus, be displayed in our lives as we live in this world. Um, yeah, we're, we're coming in, in, like, as we think about the, I think kind of think about the church year and the calendar in, like, seasons. And we're coming up on uh, our church's 21st birthday this September. I mean, it's just like a month away now. And... Um, 
And that's an opportunity for us to invite people. We're going to be kicking off that, that Sunday, uh, this six-week uh, discipleship journey, that as people want to learn more about God's grace and how good God is to us, we're kicking that off on our birthday. We're going to have a party. I'm hoping that we can invite our friends to come and celebrate with us, uh, that we're turning 21. It won't be alcohol, even though we're turning 21. But anyway, um, and it'll be, it'll be a fun time. Um, and hopefully that will help some of our friends who are curious about faith, curious about Christ, who want to know what this thing is that's gripped our hearts and our lives, that, that's changing us, they can come and they can discover for themselves what this is and perhaps accept that invitation to begin that kind of journey themselves. And so in the back of my mind is, okay, how do we make sure that as we're inviting people, you know, what is it they're going to find? And that's where this is kind of coming from today. You know, let's, let's make sure that we are loving each other that we are letting God's grace um, flow among us so that as people um, come to check it out, they find that sure enough, wow, God is at work here. These are people who are open to Jesus. They're not perfect. Uh, Nobody is. But they're open to God's continued work in their lives. These are examples that I could follow. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, you know that for some of us, just mentioning, inviting friends has got some people popping into our minds right now. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, help us in this, these coming days, weeks, um, to be looking for opportunities to reach out and love to some of those folks, uh, to extend invitations, to make sure that the life we're living uh, in front of them is a life that reflects your grace and your love and your kindness and your patience and all the rest. Thank you, God, that when we when we do stumble and fall, when we fail to live up to um, the life that you've called us to, then in those moments we don't have to worry about getting voted off the island or, or written out of the story. That God, instead, in those moments, you invite us to come to you and to receive your mercy and your grace that you have given us in Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, God, that we can be confident in your love, confident in your grace. Thank you, God, for all those who have displayed this in our lives, who gave us the confidence to put our hope in you, to put our faith in you, because we saw that this was real in them. Those who were examples for us of transformed lives, of people putting one foot in front of the other, of people growing more and more like Jesus every day. Would you help us, God? Would you help us to do that same thing for others now? To live our lives in a way that others can see your grace at work. Thank you, God. Thank you that today we get to celebrate this amazing love and grace you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, as we celebrate the sacrament of communion together. God, we bring to you these simple gifts of bread and juice. and We pray that by your spirit's presence here, we might meet our risen Savior in his body and in his blood reminded again that you came right into the messy reality we live in so that you could take on the, the, the power of sin and death and defeat them both. And now today, we can live new lives free of the power of sin, unafraid of death, confident in your love and the life that you give. God, today we offer you ourselves, confessing our shortcomings, our failures, our need of your grace, and thankful once again that you offer this grace so freely, that you have paid the price to set us free. 
So today, as we come to you, would you wash us clean once more? Would you fill us with your spirit once again? Would you give us hope? And would you help us to be able to picture ourselves living a life this week, led by your Holy Spirit, letting your love and grace shine through? Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We celebrate communion together. And I've asked Pastor Judy, who does not have a tickle in her throat, if she would be the one to hold the communion elements and, uh, and to serve communion today. Uh, this is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus. And, uh, and if you don't want to come forward, if you want to stay, there are little elements there on the tables. Uh, if you'd like to just uh, grab one of those, you can, the little cups. If you do want to come forward, uh, Pastor Judy is here. She's got a basket with pieces of bread and, um, and the gluten-free wafers and some of those little cups uh, that you can then take back and peel back and, and get to the bread and to the juice yourself. Uh, as well as a cup there, if you're coming forward, you can take bread, dip it in the cup, and eat it and return to your seat. Uh, again, this is open to all of us who are hungry for God's grace, who are thankful for his love. Let's celebrate the, the, the grace, the love of Jesus that invites all of us to come. Oh, thank you, God, for the love you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. For the opportunity we have once again to be filled with your Holy Spirit, be sent out into this world to share your love and your grace, to live as the body of Christ, as your hands and your feet. Fill us with your spirit, God. Fill us with your love and with your grace. Lead us into opportunities to love each other, to continue the work of Christ in the world. We'll continue to trust you and to give you thanks every step of the way. We pray all this confident in your love and confident in your ultimate victory because you've shown it to us in your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the... Uh, how's, that, how's that little blessing go that I like to end with? Uh, I, I'm going to do this one. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. <laughs>